Welcome into the Rebound Rundown. Today is Friday, December 9th, 2022. I'm your host, Paul Fritchner, and this is produced by Chatterbox Sports. This is your Daily Digest college basketball show where you can get your info on Cincinnati area college hoops every Monday through Friday in short episodes. Again, today's show is a little longer than usual, just like yesterday, but I'm packing in as much content as possible for this Crosstown Shootout Week. I put the timestamps of the interviews you're about to hear in the description. Today, you'll hear from Adam Baum from the Cincinnati Inquirer about what he's seen at Xavier's practices this week, the vibe around the team, a story about Sule Boom, and what he's looking at from Xavier's side for Saturday's game. Then you'll hear from Justin Williams of The Athletic talking Cincinnati storylines from the week and some of the things he's looking out for from the Bearcats on Saturday. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the show so you don't miss any future episodes. Now let's hear from Adam Baum. Adam Baum, let's talk Crosstown Shootout, and let's start with Sule Boom, the Musketeers' new point guard, a transfer in from UTEP. And we've talked a lot on this show this week about how a lot of times in the Crosstown Shootout, you see somebody step up that you might not expect. And for Xavier fans, they would absolutely expect their point guard to have a good game. But for Cincinnati fans, for somebody that they might not have heard of yet, this could be one of those options to have a breakout game on Saturday afternoon. You told me before we started recording that you had to catch had a chance to talk to Sule earlier this week, maybe about his perspective of the game. What did he tell you, Adam? And what do you think that he's thinking about going into Saturday? Yeah, the the first question I asked him was just kind of as a casual observer, what what do you know about the shootout? How aware are you of what this game is and what it means to the city? And he just started smiling. Um, and it was like, I have a feeling that these new guys, they're they're well aware. They're probably made aware of it from the moment they get onto campus, the moment they commit to Xavier. But he said, you know, that it's such a big game. It's He's played in big rivalries before. I think when he was at UTEP, I think New Mexico State is one of the, is their big rival. But he was like, never anything like this. He's talked to all of his teammates who've played in it before. They emphasized how crazy this game is, what to expect on Saturday. And, and I thought he said something really interesting. He said, you know, this is the type of game where it doesn't matter what your what your ranking is, what your record is, what your how good your offense is, how good your defense is. This is one of those games where the tougher team generally wins. And I think for him to have that mindset going into this game, that's something Xavier's going to need on Saturday against the Bearcats. And you could see that mentality out of him last week when he was talking about the West Virginia game and he was acknowledging that Xavier had lost some of the big games that they had played so far this season. And he said that, hey, we knew we needed to have this one, talking about the Mountaineers. You can tell he has that edge to him, right? He has that killer instinct that the Musketeers have been looking for. Yeah, and what what a weapon to ultimately have in big games in that, you know, I'm not sure exactly what UC is going to do defensively, but you have to assume – you know, David DeJulius is going to be guarding him or Micah Adams-Woods is going to be guarding him, probably whichever one of those guys is their better on-ball defender. And Sule, the way that he plays, if he can attack the guy guarding him and get some fouls, get to the line, that that can really sort of stabilize Xavier and give them momentum at key points in the game. And then on top of it, if it's a close game late and you need a guy to get to the line and, and sort of maintain a lead or put a game away – I mean, here's a young man that's that's shooting, I think, real close to 90 percent at the free throw line this year. So th this is the type of game where it's like 
if Sule was a true freshman and we were talking about him in this spot, I wouldn't be as confident. But the fact that he's scored 2,000 points in college basketball, the fact that he's been uh, – this is his fifth year playing in college. Like, I don't, I don't anticipate that this moment is going to be too big for him. And then on top of it, you look at what he's done this year, he's played against Indiana. He's played on a neutral floor against Duke and Gonzaga. He's played against West Virginia. I don't think that this moment, this game is going to be too big for a guy like that. We saw Colby Jones go down with an injury late in that game against West Virginia. The Cintas Center collectively held its breath as he was hobbling off the court, but he stayed in the game, and the injury on replay looked a whole lot worse than it sounds like it ended up actually being. How has Colby looked this week? Yeah, he looks great. Um, I, I actually talked to Sean about this after the West Virginia game, and um, I, it was the same ankle that, that he's hurt earlier in the season. So I think what happened was – you know, Eric Stevenson kind of landed on his foot and I think it scared him more than anything. I think that that happens on a foot that you've already messed up recently. And more than anything, you're just worried. Oh my God, is it, is it, did it happen again? What's going on here? And uh, I think that the, the shock of the moment sort of wore off and he was like, Oh, okay, I'm, I'm all right. So they, Xavier took Sunday off. They took Wednesday off, so they practiced on Monday and Tuesday, and Colby was a full participant in both. And actually, I thought he looked really good um, in some live action stuff. I know you can't get into too much about Xavier's practices on Monday and Tuesday, but from what you can share with us, Adam, is there anything that stuck out to you? Any news, nuggets, notes? Yeah, well, I think the one thing that stands out is that um, – Sean Sean knows how to how to get to his guys like when, when it's a big game and, and to be fair in his defense like I don't think he's doing anything necessarily differently than they did ahead of West Virginia or they did ahead of Indiana it's just you can sort of sense when you're in that gym when you hear Sean Miller talk that it's a big game that, that they need to be ready they need to be disciplined and prepared and have uh and have the, the the stronger effort on Saturday afternoon. And I think those are the things that really come through when you watch them practice, when you hear Sean talking to his team in practice, is uh, is it's hard not to get a little bit jacked up and ready for the game when you hear stuff like that. So it's clear to you that Sean is coming across this week as a coach who has coached in this game before and has experience in the shootout and knows what it means, not just to Xavier, but to, to the city. Yeah, yeah, and – you know, this is a guy who was a part of this game for eight years, and then he was away from it from 13. That We're, we're going to talk to Sean here in a little bit for his pregame press conference, and I, you have to think that he missed it, that, that this was something that once you experience it, once you get to be a part of it, you know, you want it to, to stick around and be a part of your life going forward. And um, I'm going to ask him today what he missed about the shootout. You know, when you're away from something for, for 13 years, like – what are the things that you miss that you're looking forward to, to seeing again? And I get that sense from him in practice that he that he has missed this, that this is something that he's really looking forward to. All right, Adam, let's talk about Saturday. Extensive conversations this week have focused around the Musketeers perimeter defense. What are they going to be able to do to, to, to stop a Cincinnati team that at times this year has shot the ball very well, but at other times has really struggled to score the ball? Um, how do you see this game going from a Xavier perspective on Saturday? Yeah, well, I, I think that the one of the big keys for Xavier is UC loves uh, – you mentioned they love to shoot threes. Um, I went in 
in preparation for my, my pregame stuff, UC has actually taken 80 more three-pointers in nine games than Xavier has. They, I think they've taken 233s in nine games, and Xavier's only taken 150. So uh, a little more than a third of UC's points come from the three-point line. And they only shoot 35%, but as you said, they have had games where they get hot from three, and that can really change things. And I think they love to push it in transition. They love to shoot transition threes. From Xavier's perspective, if you can sit down and defend the three-point line and, and sort of take that away from UC, you force them into a situation where then they have to look for something else. And this is a team that's very accustomed to, to shooting the ball from the outside. If you take that away – you sort of take them out of their comfort zone and make them beat you another way. So I think that's super important in this game that Xavier, which they have not done well this year, defend the three-point line. Adam, one last question for you. As somebody that grew up around Cincinnati, knows this area yourself, you know what this game means. This is the first time that this game has been at Cincinnati in front of fans since 2018. How much are you looking forward to being part of this environment on Saturday? Yeah, the, the first shootout game I ever got to cover doing this job was that game in 2018. It was it was Mick Cronin's last. It was Travis Steele's first. Um, I'm not sure if we're allowed to curse on your show, but um, the, the student section was very entertaining in that game. And it was probably one of the more memorable games that I've ever covered. And, and what I will say, and, and maybe Xavier fans don't want to hear this, but it's been a while since – we've had like a really competitive back and forth shootout that's gone down to the wire. A couple of years ago at UC during the COVID year, it was kind of a game like that. And then if I remember correctly, Paul Scruggs sort of took it over in the last four minutes and it didn't end up being that close down the stretch, but it, it almost feels like we're due for a game in, in this thing. So um, I'm really looking forward to it. I know UC fans are, are going to be crazy the same way that Xavier fans are crazy when it's here. So it'll be a lot of fun on Saturday and hopefully, you know, two teams can play well and we get a really good game out of it. Adam, thanks so much. I'll see you there. Thanks for having me, Paul. Next up now it's Justin Williams. Justin, let's talk Cincinnati. You were at practice earlier this week. You went to the press conference as well. Pre-game press conference for this crosstown shootout. What did you hear in that press conference? What did you see at practice that you can talk about uh, as it relates to UC? Yeah, you know, I'm writing about this for The Athletic. The interesting thing from Cincinnati's perspective is this is the first game, the first cross-town shootout they've had in a capacity crowd for the third arena since 2018, which is the last time they've won the game too. Um, so the I don't think there's a player there isn't there's not a player on the Cincinnati roster that has played in Fifth Third Arena for the Crosstown Shootout, you know, with, with a, a normal, usual sold out crowd because the last home game was the COVID season. Um, so I think that's definitely I, I do think that'll be a benefit to Cincinnati, but it's also just going to be something none of them have experienced. Obviously, Wes Miller hasn't experienced it either. Um, and, and so I'm kind of looking forward to that and how the team responds to that, because anybody that's been at these games. Yeah, you know fifth third centos can have some good crowds but like they're they're nothing you know compared to, to what the crosstown shootout is uh for the home team or the opposing team so there's definitely some talk about that and, and then you know Wes miller I, I give him credit he really embraces the the rivalry game and you know i know that was a lot of times cincinnati fans didn't weren't happy with mick cronin because they felt maybe he kind of underplayed it or just treated it as another game 
I give Wes credit. He he hasn't done that, and I think that kind of goes back to his roots with Duke, North Carolina, as a player and things like that. Um, but you, I think you could tell that he and the team were a little bit chastened by how they played last year. You know, Xavier dominated them uh, at Centos, and I, I think they they realized that they, they weren't. I don't know if they weren't ready for that game, but they just weren't, they didn't play to the level they needed to last year. And so I think kind of that combination of, all right, finally a full crowd at fifth third for the first time in four years and uh, a chance to maybe um, get back a little respect that they felt like they, uh, they, they lost last season. How much do you feel like it's on the mind of a guy like Jeremiah Davenport, who is a Cincinnati kid and hasn't won this game and no UC player has ever gone there four years without beating Xavier. Xavier's never won four in a row in this game. How much do you think that might weigh on his mind? Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's definitely something he's thinking about, and he's a guy who understands it a lot better than most because he, he grew up in the city. He grew up a Cincinnati fan. Um, Mike Adams-Woods, another four-year player, same situation. This will be David DeJulius's third season at Cincinnati, but you know he's a guy who understands that stuff too. He played at Michigan, was in the Michigan-Michigan State, Michigan-Ohio State rivalries. Um, so, so he kind of knows what this means, and, and a lot of guys do because um, they've if they're college basketball fans, they've seen this rivalry from afar but yeah i definitely think someone like uh jeremiah davenport is is not going to want to leave his time at cincinnati especially you know on his home floor this year uh, without maybe having a chance to to beat the crosstown rival you mentioned wes miller and him having been a part of unc duke and sean miller of course knows this rivalry very well from being a part of it himself as a coach in his first stint at xavier what more can you expand on with Wes and how he might have learned from last year's game at Cintas in his first shootout and what maybe he could take from that or what he wants to apply to this year's game? Yeah, I give Wes credit. Since he's gotten here, even last year, he said like this rivalry might be more intense even than Duke, North Carolina. Now, now part of that is Wes is a smart guy and he understands his audience. He's the head coach of Cincinnati now, so you, you play up where you're at. But I think that's genuine because he's talked about even more so at at North, you know, than those schools, North Carolina, just the first thing he heard from every single person when he took the job was like, oh, you got to beat Xavier. Um, and, and so I think the the closeness of the, of the programs, um, but also just the intensity of that rivalry from the fan base has really stuck out to him. So I give him credit for embracing it. Uh, I give him credit for continuing to do that this year, even though he was kind of disappointed in the way they played last year. Um, but, you know, Wes is, he, he's a competitive guy. He's, Part of this is because he's young and, and he looks young, but he's he's very energetic. And if you watch him in practice, he's always kind of bouncing around. It, it he he feels very much like he's still a player. He still has that mentality in him. And so I think that's what he pulls from a lot for these games. Is he under, he remembers what it was like to be in the Duke North Carolina rivalry. He remembers how important it was to to him and the fan base, especially him as a kid growing up in North Carolina, to to beat Duke. And so I think that's in the back of his mind and weighs on him a lot for for this game. Xavier won in a blowout last year, like you were talking about this year on paper, you would probably say Xavier has the better team in this game, but being on the road, Xavier's first true road game of the season, they played on neutral courts, but they haven't played a true road game in front of an environment like this for sure. Where do you think Cincinnati can make up some of that ground on paper, Justin? We've talked a lot about the shooting, but also I, I want to get your thoughts on the post because Cincinnati has really struggled with post depth, and that's a massive strength of Xavier this year with Jack Nungy and Zach Fremantle. So can you walk me through where you see Cincinnati needing to be successful in this game to win? Yeah, I mean, I, I do think if Cincinnati is going to win this game, it's going to the crowd is probably going to play a huge factor. And, and that means like, 
if Landers Nolly, David Julius, Jeremiah Davenport, if any of them can get hot, honestly, if two of three and maybe all three of three might need to get hot, but if they, you know, if they can start feeling it and start scoring and having kind of the crowd behind them, I, I think that could help push this team. It's a really emotional team. So I think them playing well, having the crowd behind them could actually be a, a big benefit, maybe even more so than, than in a normal season. Uh, the two bigs, Nunji and, and Fremantle, are going to be a problem for, for Cincinnati. You know, I'm not going to put Xavier quite on the Arizona level, but Arizona had two really good true post players and just destroyed Cincinnati when they played out in Maui. And this is going to be, you know, right up there, you know, as close to it as they played this year. And so hopefully you would think Cincinnati would, would maybe have learned from that. Um, does that mean they go zone some? I don't know, because rebounding has been an issue too. And so that can sometimes be tougher, um, but they're going to have to do something to combat uh, a team like Xavier that has two true, really good post players. The other thing that I think will be interesting is that Arizona game stands out. Cincinnati actually played pretty well, not defensively. Arizona scored at will, but they kind of kept up with them offensively. And I think Arizona playing fast let Cincinnati play fast, and that helped them. And so I'm kind of curious to see it's the same thing with Xavier. Xavier's got a good transition game. They play really quick on offense. Um, Cincinnati's going to have to find a way to stop them from scoring somehow. But I think UC tends to play a little bit, bit better when they're playing faster, when they're not thinking as much, when they're not getting slowed down in the half court. In Maui, like they looked so much better against a run and gun team like Arizona than they did a slow it down team like Ohio State in the half court. Uh, so as long as maybe they can catch some breaks with Xavier missing some shots or they can find some way to slow down Xavier offensively, uh, I think the the pace of the game might actually benefit Cincinnati. But again, their problem so far has just been they have, have not been very good uh, defensively and Xavier's offensive numbers are would be very concerning for Cincinnati fans, uh, I, I would say. Yeah, to back that up, excuse me, Xavier is the ninth best offensive team in the country. Their average tempo is 40th and their average possession length is the 19th quickest in the country. So Xavier likes to get up the court. They like to get things done sooner rather than later. Justin, one more question for you here before I let you go. How big of a game do you think this is to the Cincinnati program that just like Xavier hasn't played in the NCAA tournament in a few years, you get the game back home and you're trying to make some noise in what I think is pretty objectively a weak non-conference schedule. This is a massive opportunity for the Bearcats. How much does all of that weigh into this game? Yeah, definitely. I mean, really, this is the only marquee home non-conference game Cincinnati gets because they played out in Maui. Uh, they they played some good teams out there. They did it. were able to get that last win of the trip against uh, Louisville. But in terms of kind of marquee non-conference matchups, this is it. And so you don't want to go into conference play here in a couple weeks, you know, really having no solid uh, non-conference wins, but also just, you know, the, the one time you get one at home against the Crosstown rival, you don't want to kind of fall flat on your face. So, yeah, you know, I, I don't think it's necessarily going to make or break their season, you know, or or their what they end up doing in the AAC uh, once conference play starts. But I think it could go a long way for the team itself uh, and and the fan base if if they can find a way to pull this one out and, and maybe boost a, a program that is is still trying to kind of find its identity under Wes Miller. And when you say finding their identity without a guy uh, like Rob Finnessy or, or Johnny Newman, the, those two defenders, how much do you feel like those guys being out affects this? Oh, yeah. I mean, those are their two best on-ball defenders. Yeah. Uh, and, and like we said, Xavier's a really good offensive team. They play really quick. So, you know, 
more so than just shooting a bunch of threes and praying they go in, Cincinnati's going to have to find something defensively uh, to try and at least slow Xavier down a little bit, and not having those two guys makes that challenge even tougher. Justin, you're the man. I'll see you on Saturday. Sounds good. Thanks, Paul. The Crosstown Shootout tips off Saturday at 3 o'clock Eastern time at Fifth Third Arena. The game will be broadcasted on ESPN2 with play-by-play from Jordan Burnfield and analysis from Jordan Cornett. Cincinnati leads the all-time series in this rivalry 51-38, but Xavier has won the last three in a row, four of the last five, and seven of the last nine. Cincinnati is trying to win this game for the first time since 2018. That'll do it for today's Rebound Rundown. I hope you enjoyed those interviews as much as I did, and I also hope you've liked this whole week of Crosstown Shootout coverage from Rick Broering on Tuesday to Mo Egger on Wednesday to Alex Meacham and Brad Redford yesterday to, of course, Adam and Justin today. Hopefully you've learned something along the way, and if you have, make sure to leave a rating and a review of the show. I'd love to hear what you think. This has been the best week of the show so far. It's been the most successful week. We just continue to grow It's been a lot of fun, and I'm very much looking forward to being at Fifth Third Arena on Saturday for this Crosstown Shootout. Be back in that arena with the full crowd. The environment is going to be rocking. Cannot wait for it. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks so much for listening all week, and I'll talk to you next time on the Rebound Rundown.